Hi, Angels. This is Francisca, and you're listening to Everybody Hates LA. She's an icon, she's a native Angelino, and most importantly, she's my dear friend. On today's episode, I welcome Noelia Coba, who talks about being a creator, chasing your dreams, and joining the circus. Trust me, you're in for a ride. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing so well. Okay, this space? Are you kidding me? It's amazing, I know. It's, it's everything and more. It, we're in the middle of Hollywood. I would consider this the middle of Hollywood. Oscar, what do you think? <laughs> yes, it is. Oscar is our amazing sound engineer. That's what you are, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, Oscar does not exist. Yeah, we're in the middle of Hollywood. We're in a beautiful recording studio. And I'm so, so excited to have you on the podcast and that you were my first guest. I mean, how special is this? This is really, really special. And just thank you so much for, for having me. I feel like ever since day one we've met, we just connected. Clicked. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, and we haven't even known each other that long. We've known each other for maybe, I don't know, six months. Yeah. Literally six months. But it was just, and I hate to already do this on the first thing, but here we are. Soul tribe. Soul family. You know, you you manifest people and things in your life. And of course, they're going to come up into your life and you're going to spend time with them. But I think... When they come, you can just embrace them and receive. And we've just gotten to know each other so well. And we've always just kind of connected on a deeper level without having to try. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> this I'm is so excited. <laughs> this is really special. Well, welcome to Everybody Hates LA. This is um, a blog, a lifestyle podcast, whatever it's going to turn into, I don't know. But, you know, I want to talk about um, Los Angeles. And yes, the place, right? the experiences that it brings with it. You know what I'm saying? Like we have Los Angeles, we have Hollywood, we have entertainment, we have all of these things that I think create experiences for the world, you know, that bring people together, but also bring them apart because everyone tries to achieve this premium life and this premium persona. And they don't realize that when they're trying to make that happen, they lose their authenticity. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think you're the perfect person to talk about that with. So Noelle, you're from LA. Well, I consider you being from LA. You probably wouldn't. Yeah. So I'm actually from Anaheim. So Orange County, A. <laughs> Ten and, and people are like, what's Anaheim? 10 minutes from Disneyland. So I grew up. Well, Disney up. is in Anaheim, no? Yeah. 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 It's in, in it's in Anaheim. It's like the only, okay, I'm going to kind of like shit on my city. Wait, can I curse on here? Yeah. Can, I, can, I can do whatever Everything I want. is game. Great. Fuck yeah. We, we can use we can use trademarked sounds. We can use celebrity <laughs> names. <laughs> okay. For, Don't sue me, please. <laughs> for context, we both work in advertising for brands. So it's very, very strict on like what sounds, what logos, what brands we put in our content. And we're going to go for it. This is refreshing. Oh, that's why I can have Starbucks. You can have Starbucks. <laughs> I mean, this is great. This is everything I've ever wanted in my life. So tell me about Anaheim. Anaheim. So, grow okay. So I, I lived a really great childhood. I'm not going to lie. Um, 
I, my, my aunt, I call her Mama Sherry. She's like the raddest person in the world. She would bring me to Disneyland like every day when I was like a wow. kid, like from like age like one to like four before I like went to like preschool or like kindergarten or whatever. So she would literally like bring me every day. So I literally like grew up at Disneyland before they hiked up prices like insanely. I know now, you can't even afford it. Yeah. Now I'm just like, mm, sorry, it's this, not. Is, this is too much. Yeah. Yeah. Did you dress up? I actually wasn't a, like a, a like a princess kid. Like all the other little girls were like, oh, I love princesses, princesses. And I'm like, I love Pluto and I love Goofy. <laughs> so I would literally, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this. So I would literally. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I would steal my parents' socks and put them in my pants and pretend I was like a cat or a dog or like some sort of animal. <laughs> and I don't know how that circled around, but you know, the, that's like my little embarrassing story about myself yeah i think you have to embrace the embarrassing things that you did as a kid because it might it might make its way back in some kind of way yeah so you went to disneyland a lot tell me about your aunt and your parents because you were born and raised in anaheim right yeah born and raised in anaheim so my so my whole family are like immigrants from the philippines Mm -hmm. um came to the u.s with like absolutely nothing um i'm an only child in a household of four adults so I had my mom, my dad, my mom is Sherry, who's my aunt, and then mm-hmm. my Nino. So that's yeah. my uncle. And all of them have like vastly different personalities. So my mom, <laughs> so my mom is very, very like assertive, very like a very driven individual. She takes mm-hmm. no shit. She's the sweetest person though. So yeah. like she can literally go into any sort of environment and just like fit in just like that. Like she knows okay. how to adapt. Um, but when she's angry, you really don't want to mess with her because she will win any argument, hands down. It's it's very scary. I love that. And then my dad, okay, actually, I take it back. My mom's the second sweetest person in the world. My dad is the actual sweetest person in the world. Like, literally, any local business that you go to in Anaheim, he's like, what's up, Joe? What's up, Rob? What's up, Katie? Like he literally knows everyone. He gets his Starbucks orders for free because they love him. If you go to like the local car wash, they're like, what's up, Noelle? Oh yeah, my name's Noelle. My dad's name is Noelle. Um, I love that. (laughs) That's the sweetest. So you're named after him. I'm actually named. Okay. So my mom's name is Ellis. My dad's name is Noel. Yeah. And they're like, let's combine our names together. And they're like, Noellis. And they're like, that sounds really shitty. Let's take out the Z. And they're like, Noelle. And I was That's like, like a love child, yeah. but, but better. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. They did a really great job naming yeah. me. My name's Noelle Cherie Sacoba. That like, just like flows off the tongue. Yeah, it flows off the tongue. When I lived in Montreal, I lived in Montreal for three years because I was a circus performer. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> um, all of the French Canadian people would be like, Noelle Cherie Sacoba. And it was so beautiful. I was like, can you just wow. say my name over and over again? But they'd make fun of me because they're... Because I didn't speak a lick of French, right? And they'd say my name. They'd be like, Noelle, Cherie, Sacoba. And they're like, why don't you speak French when you have a French-ass name? And I was like, "Mm, sorry. I mean, listen, (laughs) I'm named after my father's mistress. So (laughs) you didn't know the story. (laughs) Are you kidding? Oh, wait, now I need to know that So, you know, I'm from Germany, right? Born and raised. So my mom had my sister. And then I was born probably like a year and a half after my sister. And my biological father... um, didn't want to have me, you know, which is fine. So my mom, when she was about to have me, she, such a badass woman, she rode her bike, 
miles and miles and miles to the hospital, not in our town because our town couldn't handle it. It had to be like one of the nearby hospitals in Bochold. And while I was being born, I don't know how you name people in Germany, but he named me Francisca. She was going to name me Bryony. And Francisca is the name of his main mistress because he always cheated on her. And it was like, I mean, listen, like he didn't even give me a middle name because he probably didn't know I needed to have one or people have middle names usually. But I feel like Francisca, I love the name Bryony, but I think Francisca fits me better, you know. But then in Germany, everyone called me Kaska, K-A-S-K-A. Does that mean anything? No, just my sister couldn't pronounce Francisca. So she was like Kaska and then everyone, because Francisca is such a common name over there. So it was just easier to call me Kaska instead of Franzi. What is what is Francisca? Francisca. Fit you well. What, yeah, yeah. Like, why does it fit you well? Why do you think it I fits just, you? You know, when you like feel like the name, I think you have to like embrace it. Like some people have a name that just, you know, it's fine, but like, I don't know, like a Brian or a John. Like, they're great names, but I think Noelle like fits you. You know, like you look like a Noelle, you act like a Noelle. It just kind of fits. Like Aww. I'm like a Francisca, you yeah. know? Yeah. But I think it's kind of a badass story. It probably sucked for my mom, so. That's you're, okay, also, shout out to your mom, who's the total badass that literally rode her bike. Women to- have to do so much. I think <laughs> we could go on a whole other podcast yeah. about <laughs> the things that women take on, right? And, and men too, but I think um, there's so much in life that happens that you have to deal with. You know, like we talked about dates, I think, on our way over here, right? Yeah. Like you go on a date and, of course, usually like your partner takes you out or asks you on a date and then they plan it, hopefully. But, you know, like it's the makeup, it's the hair, it's the clothing it's all the ways that you have to present yourself that's socially acceptable yeah. but yeah no my mom is the greatest person on earth um for having done that and here we are yeah you know Go- going back to that when you when you're talking about like dating and all the things that we do to like prepare it's like especially in LA and I felt it too like I'm from Orange County which isn't that far from LA but but coming into LA I've definitely felt more pressure to look a certain mm. way like I definitely feel the pressure to like dress up more to look more presentable to 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 really like do myself up proper I guess yeah in comparison to when I was in Orange County I'd like schlum around and just like sweatpants and just like more way 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 more chill and my style has completely changed coming here wow and, and it, that's it's like an hour away not it, even it's it's an hour and a hour away yeah Absolutely. And Orange County, it's interesting, is known for being like rich and bougie. Like Laguna Beach, like Laguna Newport Beach, Beach mm-hmm. right? Like I would, I always think about like lots of Republicans and just people from like oh, the shows and no, stuff. No, that's true. But usually like you come from money and then you dress up a certain way, right? It's, it's, it's a little yeah. bit more posh. Whereas I think in LA, which granted I used to think LA was like one big city and that was it. I didn't realize there were so many micro communities and cities within LA. Um, but you have so many people, immigrants, uh, people like me who move across the world or across the country to make something out of themselves, right? Starving artists, all this stuff. You still think that there's more expectation to to dress up and to be something that maybe you're not or to, to kind of prove something? Yeah, no, actually, like absolutely. Because when you're when you're in LA, usually you come here for, for work or yeah. for like, especially in like the entertainment world, right? Yeah. And everything about the entertainment world is, is, who you know, to be honest, it's like, it's, yeah. it's, it's about like connections. So the best way to like sort of adapt to society is to try to fit into their standard, which sucks because like, I feel like if everybody was just who they are and their authentic selves, then everyone would be so much happier. Yeah. And I feel like in LA, especially, um, cause I lived in Montreal, I lived on the East coast and everything in, in the East coast, it's 
it's it's very blunt like people mm. are are who they are if they fuck with you they fuck with you if they don't fuck with you you like you know like yeah. oh they're, they're we're not cool but here in LA it's sort of like especially in like the entertainment world um a lot of people put on like facades to try to be your friend see what they can kind of like get out get. of you yes yeah, get out of yes. you sometimes um like how can you help them yeah um and and in that way, it's hard to find like authentic friendships like ours. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true though, right? And it, it it almost feels like in LA, like when you come to LA, right? And I, I say this a lot, but people move to LA or Los Angeles, right? Would you call this one place? We move here because we want to take something, right? People move to LA because they want to get famous. They want to get money. They want to find a sugar daddy. They want to, uh, I don't know, become the best surf person in the world, right? The best surfer. But I think there's so much within the community that, it, it really like breaks you down and you get to be built back up by what LA is, which is made up of experiences and art and culture and music and finding your authentic self. Right. And we, yeah. a lot of times we say, okay, spirituality makes you that. And oh my God, you're crazy because you're in LA and you're like crystals now, but it's so much more than that. Right. And, and yeah. when people move to LA, I've noticed, and same thing happened to me where you come here and you're like, okay, I'm going to try to find the industry. I'm going to like find my way in. Right. And you meet people and you meet people, and you meet people, and they just keep using each other. No, nobody really knows. Like, what is the industry? Who is the industry? Yeah. Right? Nobody really knows the center or how to do it because it is just so much slimy conversations and all that stuff. And then they use you and you're like, what the fuck? Like, I literally, you know, I moved here, what, four and a half years ago? Almost five? Hell yeah. Um, but like, I barely talked to the people that I met year one through four because... I did stuff for free for them and I wanted to, I wanted to get the experience and I worked so hard to make it happen and to become this person. But at the end of the day, I realized they were using me. They used my connections. They used the stuff that I did. They talk bad on your name, like all this stuff. And you're like, that's not who it is. Yeah. And ever since I shut that door, we went into Vayner, right? Where we yeah. work and, and you kind of, you find people that are like on your level and not to say that like you're better than anybody but like you find kind people people yeah. who care people who want to do the right thing people who want to be themselves and I think the best thing about Vayner and, and where we are right now in our life and with the people that we're surrounded by is that we get to be ourselves and that's so brave like to have to unlearn everything and to have to say say no and close the door on people that you used to think made you right if I hang yeah. out with you I'm going to be famous or if I go to your brunch I'm going to feel like I belong but to say no thank you and to walk in your own way and be yourself and then find people that love you yeah there's nothing like that yeah well we work in an environment where everyone is is very very inspiring very very authentic to themselves like I'm a content creator so like every piece of content that every individual is putting out especially at Vayner in that in our company is very very true to the, who they are yeah. like it might be a spin-off a trend or whatever but yeah. it's it is who they are and in in and of itself like that's so inspiring for everyone everyone especially in the creative team to just to just create content that is that is that is themselves and yeah. I feel like so much especially in in like social media is about putting on a facade like there's sort of this facade right now of like oh like I'm so authentic and and it's like fake, if that yeah. makes sense. I'm on my fitness journey. <laughs> I'm on my fitness journey. Oh, I just broke up with my partner. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to hate because like it happens and I do the same stuff. <laughs> but but it's true. But I don't think, like I think there's such a stereotype about social media because people have been using it wrong. Yes. Because I think people try so hard, like 
they're like, oh, well, you you became famous and you said this. Like, oh, I made $500,000 from my one email campaign and follow me on, you know, whatever, like mm-hmm. that. But that's not real, yeah. right? But if you do live your true life and you can curate your true self on social media, right? Your, your 2D and then eventually 3D self, right? When, as crypto and as Web3 kind of is going to make a comeback. Yeah. Manifesting that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it can be authentic, but I also think it totally. can be different than who you are in person, right? Totally. Because I love to write, but I don't always think I'm the most well-versed person when I have a conversation. But you are. you know but but it's just about like what you think right so i might act one way in person and i can act similarly but different in social but somebody might have a perception of me on social when they meet me in person they're like well that's not what i expected that's not on me yeah you know i feel like on social though it's it's sort of how like i i like curate my own content and i'm like revamping my whole thing Mm -hmm. like this upcoming year it's it's really like to me it's an emphasis of like one part of your personality. So, so much of my content before was about like performing in the circus and sort of like the stories that have happened while I was in the circus. And I just emphasize like the circus part of me, but that's not every bit of me. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you probably made it your function. So, so let's focus because then you're like, oh, like I just was in the circus. (laughs) I hope you know that there are like thousands, if not millions of people on this planet their whole goal in life right now is to like join the circus. Like that was my goal when I was younger. I was like, oh my God, like I would love to move that way. I would love to be in the circus and be surrounded by these experiences because you have the lights, you have the action, you have the people, you have the audience. I mean, what a performance. How, how did you join the circus? Can we get the story? Oh oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. I have to start from the very, 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 beginning we have time so I was a biotechnology major at UC Davis and I was um, interning in a lab for three years genetically modifying bacteria to create biofuels which is like a sustainable form of like gas you lost me at bio okay (laughs) (laughs) and and so I was doing that and I was working in this lab and I'm like well I guess this is going to be the rest of my life Um, I'm going to be kind of miserable, like I'm good at this, but I'm going to be kind of miserable. So actually not kind of miserable, very, very miserable for like the rest of my life because this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, work in a lab. So I need to get a hobby. Yeah. And I go on and- Sorry, why why did you do that? Like why were you even in that position? Okay, so so my parents are immigrants from the Philippines, came here with nothing. They- have literally spent, and I'm their only child, mm-hmm. you know, and they've spent their whole life like, like, oh my, I might get a little scary, <laughs> but like, um, so, so I live in Anaheim and a lot of people think Orange County, everyone's like bougie and rich. Like I didn't grow up like bougie and rich and all like four people in my household, my mom, my dad, my mom is Sherry, my Ninong, they would put in money all together to send me to like private schools since I was kinder in kindergarten wow. and like Anaheim is actually a pretty rough neighborhood um and and the school the public school system isn't that great to be honest and so they 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 sent me to private school from kindergarten to like high school and then they like sent me to like college basically and all I've ever wanted in my life is to um like make them proud if that yeah. makes sense yeah and and for them, it's like you can't really go in the arts, even though they totally created an artist. Like 
and yeah. and like I was like a figure skater growing up. I was in choir. I was like I ran track. Like you did all these liberal yeah. things. I had I yeah. did all of these like liberal arts things. They unknowingly made like a little artist. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Everything is meant to be. I'm telling you, like everything yeah. has a purpose, even if you don't always know what it is. Yeah. And so um, and and so when I got to college, I'm like, I really I really have to like make them proud. So if this is my major, this is I'm good at being in a lab and I think I can get a job in a lab. Yeah. And I'd be able to like support them in the future. I'd make them so proud. Um, so I have to stick with this. Yeah. You know, like it, it was very I was like so trapped and I had and I I genuinely was like in a depression. Like I would go into my closet and like cry <sighs> and like no one would it, like I had a roommate and everything. Yeah. She wouldn't even hear me because I kept everything so silent. And um, isn't it crazy how you can like as an immigrant myself, right? Like you do these things that you're supposed to be grateful and happy for. So they're just like, just do it and shut up. Like you should be grateful to have a job. You should be grateful to go to college. You should be grateful that you're in this program and you feel like you're so stuck. Like you're, you, you're in this box that you created or somebody created around you and you allow that to kind of consume. And you're like, well, I have to put on this nice face, even though you're struggling yeah. because it, and I don't know why we do it. I, I don't know why we're like, Hey, I need help or Hey, something is happening. Right. Because you just, you're like, Nope, just let me do it. It's fine. I think, well, to, to go off of that, I feel like for me, and this has been like my whole like 20s, basically, it's been this journey of unlearning to, mm. to just kind of like stick with the pain and, and actually like reach out for help and, and say like, Hey, I'm like actually struggling like with my mental health right now. Oh, I'm actually like, I feel this way and be more like open and vulnerable. And since I've done that, I feel like I've actually gotten more strength within myself to be able to trust the decisions I'm making in the future. Whereas Mm. when I was, when I was in this position, so like when I was in, in, in college and completely miserable, it was, it, I, I, I didn't trust my decision-making process because I was so, um, I wanted to please my parents so much, you know? Yeah. And so going back to like my, my journey, I was so miserable and I was like, okay, if this lab is the rest of my life, then I need a hobby. And mm. I found a, an aerial class. So I'm an aerialist. So basically what an aerialist is, is... Here's your hair flip. <laughs> 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 so basically what an aerialist is, uh, my first was was silks. So basically people say it's like curtains, like two little like curtains, I yeah. guess you could say. And you like climb up 30 feet or so and you like do tricks on it and do poses and and everything. But my very first class, I was completely horrendous, like absolutely horrendous. Um, I couldn't climb. I couldn't like invert. I couldn't go upside down or anything. I was just like completely terrible. And I was in a class of like two people. Mm. So me and another girl. Another girl was like a gymnast dancer. Wow. And... And the teacher went to the gymnast dancer. I was like, oh my gosh, you were made for this. Like, this is what you should do for the rest of your life. Please come back. And then like to me, she was all like, bye. <laughs> but in my heart, like I, this is the first time I've ever followed my gut intuition. Yeah. Um, and, and this is the lesson that I've learned throughout like my whole entire, like my whole 20s, basically. I've, I, in my gut, I was like, I know I suck right now, mm-hmm. but if I just 
work really, really hard at this. Yeah. I think I can be a performer one day. And that sounds absolutely insane. I love everything about that <laughs> because it's it's like no shortcuts. Go through the process. Yeah. Practice. Do it. Yeah. And it was a process. So what ended up happening was I did get my biotechnology degree. I ended up applying to one physical therapy school and I was like, please, I do not want to get in. Please do not let me get in. I get into physical therapy school and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> damn it. Like I, I just wanted to work on my circus career. And I remember my mom, Sherry was so proud of me. She like hugged me. And the first thing I said, she's like, I'm so proud of you. And the first thing I said in her arms was, what about my circus career? And she's like, oh, it's a hobby, remember? And I was like, wow. And and so I go to physical therapy school. Everyone was so lovely and 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 like accommodating and great. And and I was like doing well. I was there for a month, but every day I was like crying in the bathroom. I'd go mm. out to the parking lot, eat like my lunch by myself, even though even though it was like such a great environment, like the cohort I was in was was spectacular. All of those people are spectacular. I still keep in contact with some of them. Um, but I there the deciding factor of like when I decided to 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 leave physical therapy school was I I had aced like a test mm -hmm. and the girl next to me like completely bombed it. And she was like, man, I'm just going to like work harder, do really, really well, because I love this so much and I'm so passionate about this. And I like looked at my test. I looked at like her and I was like, I'm literally, I have enough time to give someone else who's passionate about this a spot. Yeah. Like I can back out right now. And so the next day I like deferred from physical therapy school for a year. I knew I wasn't coming back, but yeah. that's like, okay, if anyone wants to drop out of school, pro tip, defer do not actually drop out because then you have a plan B. But you're not coming back. You know you're not coming back. Yeah. You're going to make it happen. But at least you have that Just plan in case. B. Just yeah. in case. I literally have goosebumps like <laughs> all over my body. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> so I defer from physical therapy school. I'm not coming back. I'm like, peace, I'm out. Like, yeah. I'm not coming back. How did you feel when you deferred? Like, you felt, did you feel relief? Genuinely? Okay, so this was the first time. Like, I walked out of the dean's office. The dean's like, you're absolutely insane. You want to be a circus performer? And I was like, yeah, it's in my heart, dude. <laughs> like, That's the bravest thing yeah. I've heard. Thank you. <laughs> he was like so confused. And so I walked out and I literally breathed a sigh of relief. It was like a whole like burden lifted from me. And that was the first time I was like, I actually made a decision for myself that wasn't my parents. Wow. And how old were you? I was 23. Wow. That, yeah. And so if so my whole 23 years of up to that point was I did exactly what my parents like told me to do. I like fit that rule book, fit that like perfect Asian girl sort of stereotype like mm -hmm. to a T. And that was the first time that I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to be myself and I'm going to, to to follow my heart for once in my life. Yeah. And and like genuinely that was like the be best decision I've ever like made in my life because that that moment when I followed like my gut instinct and my heart has followed through in every single aspect of my life and my career so far wow yeah I am so proud of you <laughs> Thank it's you. so interesting right because you you have to be brave you have to be courageous you have to choose yourself eventually right yeah. the the worst thing I think anybody can do is just to go through life and then have regrets and be like and I always say that right like oh like don't have regrets but you go through your entire life and you're like, I wish, I wish, I wish. What if this happened? What if that happened? But trusting yourself is really fucking hard. 
And it's hard because, again, your parents wanted the best and they're amazing human beings, right? And, and that's lovely. But what you want versus what they want isn't doesn't have to match. And so for you to choose yeah. yourself and to say, you know what, I'm actually going to bet on myself. Yeah. That's the difference. But I think whenever I've chosen myself or bet on myself and said, you know what, I went through 28 years of my life and I'm okay. And every single decision I made, it might not have been the best decision, but it ended up fine. Like yeah. I always had my own back. I always made a decision, even if I was anxious. Why do we not do that? Every single time you do that, everything will work out. Yeah, absolutely. You have your own back. You have to have your own back. And I think, again, when it comes to dating, when it comes to experiences, when it comes to college, we do so many things that we believe in other people more than we do ourselves. We believe in other things more than we do ourselves. I would rather put my trust into a dating app or a technology or something else to make a decision for me because I'm too scared of being wrong or of failing, even though I have a hundred percent success rate. Yeah. So after you deferred, what happened with your parents? So I was still living at home because I'm like broke basically, yeah. right? So with my parents, I like come home, right? And I'm like, I got I have to tell you guys something. And they're like, you did this without talking to them you just went in you said I'm gonna make this decision now yeah and I was like I'm I'm deferring from physical therapy school and they're like you're going back though right and I was like no I'm gonna become a circus performer my mom literally like throws her hand up in the air and she's like you literally just fucked up your life walks out of the room my dad has seen how miserable I am and he's like honestly like it's okay but like, I'm still disappointed, but, and I don't know what you're going to do with your life, but it's okay because I'd rather you be here than, cause you're like, I'll be frank. Like, yeah, I was suicidal. Mm. So, um, he's like, I'd rather you be here. Yeah. He's like, you'll figure it out. I don't know what it's going to be. And I'm like disappointed and I, I'm scared for you, but I'm also here for you. Oh. Yeah. I yeah. wanted to cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad has really, like, uh, has always, like, come through. Yeah. Um, and then Mama Sherry, she's, like, one of, like, the lights in my life. She's, like, such a powerful, like, wonderful woman. Even she was all, like, yo, you fucked up your life. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about you anymore. Like, you have you have so much potential. You're such a smart girl. Why did you do this? And... You know, he's kind of just like in the, in the picture. He's like very chill, but he's he was even like, what? Like what's happening? <laughs> yeah, no, what's but happening? But also like people, you know, we want what we can't have, right? Yeah. I, I want to be a biologist. I want to be good at chemistry. My brain's just not wired like that. I sucked in high school, but now I have all these books at my home where I'm reading them, right? And I'm always like, I want to be that. I want to be that. But that's, it doesn't have to be for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I realized. I was like, wow, like choosing yourself. That's that's a moment like my first lesson, like choosing yourself can be really, really, really hard. Yeah. And following your heart can be really hard. And it, it, it can be lonely. It, and it's lonely. Yeah. That's that was the whole journey of like my circus career. It's very it was lonely in the sense that like so now I'm in this position where they they let me stay at home, which I'm like super grateful for. But it's every day they're like, you're a fuck up. Like mm. you, we are so disappointed in you. Like my mom wouldn't even look at me for like three weeks. Like she, wow. like, at, like it was, it was, it was very, very difficult mentally. Mm -hmm. um, so I lived in Anaheim. 
I was commuting two hours to LA to practice mm. like every day. Um, and I was practicing like six to 10 hours a day. I took on like really odd jobs. So I was like a physical therapy aide. Um, I did like virtual assisting and then I ended up virtual assisting for like a circus company. And while I'm doing that, I'm also like, um, like an assistant at like a circus school. Cause they're like, you actually have potential and you have the drive. Yeah. We think you can do this. So like come work for us. Like all your training is free. Um, wow. if you like work at the front desk and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. And so I did that. And so that's kind of how I like made ends meet, I guess, while I was on this training journey. So that was like a good, like two to three years. Wow. Of so you weren't flexible. You weren't like, I, well, I was a figure skater, so I actually was flexible, okay. but the strength I did not have. Yeah. When you're a figure skater, all you have is leg strength. You don't have any upper body strength and circus, especially aerial is all like upper body. Do you have to like lift weights? You, it's like pull-ups. So like, oh, I can't do one. <laughs> I've never been able, it's been my goal, but I, I just can't. You, but you can learn it. Cause like I, when I started, I was, yeah, I was 21 when I started circus. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even hold on to a bar. Like I literally would hold on to the bar and let go because I didn't have enough strength at all. Yeah. And it's really funny. Like when you have the willpower to do something, what you can accomplish. Yeah. So like within a year I was able to pull like 10 easy because I was like training it every day. So yeah. I feel like that's, what's amazing about like being human is like you're resilient you have grit you can adapt to anything if you put your mind to it oh i love this so much <laughs> there's you. hope for me there's hope for you <laughs> let's go to the gym together i'll help you get a pull up please like, <laughs> i got you so you did that for years for years yeah it was years of doing that i was like in this like pre-professional program and this is how i ended up in montreal so i didn't end up in montreal for a performing gig what i did was I, I'm like nervous. <laughs> no, I, I had this whole scheme. It's um, it, I had this whole scheme. I even have a pitch deck about this scheme. So there came a point where I'm like, okay, so I'm I'm performing um, around like the US and everything now and little like one-off gigs, but I want more. Like, yeah. And I was like, what would prove that I'm like at like at the creme de la creme and I was like if I move to Montreal and work for one of the three biggest companies in circus so that's um Cirque du Soleil obviously mm -hmm. Les Edouard is this it's called the seven fingers mm. they're just like this very artsy very like contemporary storytelling sort of circus like their work is beautiful and then Cirque Eloise was another one wow and I go through a list of like creative directors in each of these companies and Seven Fingers is what resonated with me most because what I loved about circus wasn't just doing tricks. That's yeah. like most people. They're like, I'm just going to do tricks and that's it. I was yeah. like, no, nah, I'm going to do tricks and tell a story with it. Um, and that was kind of like my my whole bag was sort of like putting these um, like hopeful stories out into the world through circus so that like even without saying a word, you would be able to like resonate with like what's happening. And it, it yeah, that, that, that's, that's beauty of circus I in my opinion. That. And um, so I looked into the seven fingers, looked at all of the directors, and there was one in particular that stood out to me. Her name's Shana Carroll, and she's absolutely fucking brilliant. And she's from San Francisco, started at the age of 18, was like an assistant beforehand, and then like didn't have any like dance or, any, or gymnastics background, and then became like a Cirque du Soleil performer 
then ran her own company. Like wow. she's a powerhouse of a woman, yeah. like just just a wonderful woman. I listened to every podcast. I read every article about her. So then I sent her a DM uh-huh. on Instagram, on on Facebook. So I Facebook messaged her, DM'd her. Facebook messaging? Facebook messaging. It was another level. And it's a long ass paragraph. Yeah. It was a long paragraph. But it was from the heart. It was like, I I really resonate with your work. I would love to meet you one day. Um every and and I and it was like very, very detailed of why I loved her work. And and then I waited. I was like puking, crying, vomiting, like no, I'm just kidding, I wasn't. But I but I, I was very anxious, like waiting for yeah. a reply. And then she replies the next day. I love that so much. And she's like, hey, if you're ever in Montreal, let's meet up. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so funny because I'm literally going to be there next week. And then I booked my plane ticket for next week. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So I booked my plane ticket for next week, right? I, I go to Montreal. We meet at this vegan restaurant thrift store on Saint Laurent thrift store like restaurant um that isn't actually dirty i actually love that place i don't remember what it's called but i actually love it so it's like grungy you know yeah and yeah. I, I i love gritty yeah. and i love grungy that's why i love la even though we're on a podcast about everybody hates la but yeah so i go into this vegan thrift store restaurant with her and we have a conversation and i'm just like in my head, I'm like listening to everything and I'm like, how do I get into her company? And the first thing she says is we're not hiring performers. I'm like, okay, mm. what other ways can I get into this company if I'm not going to be a performer? Yeah. And I realized, because she's like this very like chaotic sort of woman, like she's absolutely brilliant, but honestly, she would like lose her head if she didn't have it attached to her body. I mean, I feel the same way. Yeah, because she's literally running around like yeah. just completely scattered. But she still took the time to meet with you. She took the time to meet with Which- me. Which is so interesting yeah so i had 30 minutes to figure out how to get into her company and so she's 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 telling me how like chaotic everything is and i was like do you need an assistant and she was like oh my gosh yeah i do (gasps) and so that's how i ended up in montreal i actually took on an assistant job to a creative director and um and that's how I got my work visa to 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 move to Montreal because I knew that if I got my foot in the door somewhere even if it's as an assistant I'm gonna find a way to become yeah. a performer well and that's the best way to like get to know everybody and see exactly. how it runs and just you know see how everything works from behind the scenes yeah from behind the scenes so then um two months later it was January 2019 um I moved to Montreal in like negative 40 degree weather. And I actually stay at an Airbnb because I have to tour apartments and everything. And I'm staying at this Airbnb. There is no heater. So I was there at night with all like my, I had like a giant coat and like blankets over me. And I'm like, I could die. Literally. (laughs) I literally could die. And I called the Airbnb the next day. I'm like, "Um, I just wanted to let you know that the heater isn't working. They're like, are you okay? (laughs) And I'm like, I lived, but like, um, can we get this fixed? And they're like, absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah, they fix that. And then I find my apartment and everything. And um, I end up in Montreal as an assistant for this creative director. And the most like interesting thing happened where, and it's something I didn't expect. So first it was like, you know, like helping her out with like papers, like passing it out or whatever. Yeah. And just like sitting behind the scenes and watching everything. And that was the greatest thing actually observing. was seeing the observing, mm. observing the process from a completely like 
like big picture point yeah. of view. Because when you're a performer, you're so focused on what you're doing in yourself that you never actually see the big picture. So yeah. when when I was watching, I was like, I want to be a creative director one day. I want to like do these stories. I love how she she directs. So the way that she directs is basically she has this like rough idea of a storyline. Mm -hmm. Very, very, very rough. And she makes her performers improv. She gives them like um, talking points. So like, oh, um, this guy broke up with you and puts on the music and says improv and they improv it right and they're and she has an eye where she sees like the golden moments and yeah. she's like okay this moment when you did this play off of that and they'll run the music again they play off of that and that's how she creates every single act and it's from who they are and so Ugh. like even in her stories like it's very very loose um of like uh so one there's like this contortionist her name's Maude. she's absolutely brilliant mm -hmm. right the um, show that I was I was watching is called um, Passager, which uh -huh. means passengers. And she's basically like a pickpocketer that does contortion on like a train. It's so fucking sick. And I want to see this ASAP. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's so beautiful. But they put little moments that are just her in there. And and that's it's such it was such a beautiful like process to see. And and what I loved about it is like everyone was their authentic selves. They're not like some fucking like frog in the forest or like just, you know, just like yeah. just playing a role. They were them. And yeah. and I was like, wow, that is that is something that I love. And then what makes their all of their all of their um, shows so beautiful is like everyone is authentically themselves because that's how they directed it. That's your superpower. Being yourself is your superpower. Yeah. The weird, the quirks, the, yep. the the thoughts, the experiences, everything that you hated about your life, everything that happened in your life that you're like, why did this happen? Why me? Using that into everything that you do is exactly what people come to watch and exactly what people need. 100%. Yeah. So um, while I'm assisting, sometimes people would be out. So that she'll be like, you know, like, can you take this spot? Like, can you... Um, can you like improv this? So I was in rehearsals, like literally learning like choreography and like improving with them, and 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 I was able to use a training space for free. Wow! So, and and their facility is amazing. And in so doing, I get to know the acrobats, mm -hmm. and so that's how I started like getting gigs in Montreal too. Was just performers knew who I was, mm -hmm. and they'd be like, "Oh, oh, Noelle is available. Mm -hmm. She can do that." And like that's how I got an in with that company. This was January and February of 2019. Um, toward the middle of February 2019, there's a casting call for Cirque du Soleil mm -hmm. for two girls to create on an on an apparatus, and I was like uh, on a like a completely new apparatus that hasn't been like released yet. Yeah. And all the criteria basically fit like what I do. Like I'm a I'm a rope person. That's like my main specialty. Was like. <laughs> Literally, it's a it's like a forty foot rope, and I just like do tricks on a rope. It's like a super <laughs> super simple apparatus. So you know so. where my head goes, yeah. Which I think you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. BDSM. <laughs> <laughs> no, like literally, like I had some like scars from that shit. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I would do tricks on this forty foot rope and everything, and and that's that was one of the apparatuses they said like if you're a rope artist, like this would fit you super well. I'm like, great. And so like I apply and I think I'm like, there's no way. Like people spend yeah. their whole lives trying to get into Cirque du Soleil. There's no way. Yeah. And then I get a week later, I get a message and it's like, thank you for your application. I'm like, I didn't get it. 
thank you for your application. We are pleased to say that we have chosen you as one of our girls to create on oh, this new apparatus. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny because I'm, I'm going to tell you something. So about a year earlier, I was like, I don't really want to be in a Cirque du Soleil show, but what I want to be is in a, in a creation for Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. So a creation for Cirque du Soleil is basically you get to fuck around and just, and just like create on apparatus, create an act, create, create the show, um, create the show. And, and then you like perform it later. Yeah. But what I was really interested in is like just being a creator. Yeah. Which makes sense with what my job is now, actually. <laughs> because like. It's like everything made you into like what you do now. No. Isn't that so funny? Little, and we'll do like a summary <laughs> at the end of like how everything culminated into this like job I have now. But, but like, and, and this was the beginning of like, I didn't realize it. I didn't actually really love performing. I loved creating. Wow. Yeah. And like I had said that like the year before. I was like, I want to create. Like and, and it was the same thing where yeah. like I since I started circus, I was like, I want to be a creative director. Yeah. Like I never said I wanted to really be like a performer per se. It was like the all, the end goal was always a creative director and performing yeah. was like the step there. Yeah. Like don't get me wrong, when you perform, like you definitely vibe off of your audience and everything. But you almost like people think of performing as like the end goal exactly like i'm only successful if a thousand people watch me or yeah. if a bunch of people know my name or whatever but you almost had to get to that point to realize that the journey got you there right yeah. the journey is the thing that fulfilled you it's the the practicing the the people that you met the auditioning even right that's the kind of stuff that made you realize that actually creating and it, and it yeah. you know, we don't have to overcomplicate things, right? It can literally like, what are your values, right? Mine's hope. Like hope is the number one thing in my life where I'm like, that's my word. That's why I'm here. That's what I'm trying to instill in other people. Creation, can, that, that, can, that can just be it. And that's enough. Yeah. That's more than enough. Yeah. Actually, the North Star for me is like, um, and I guess it's me kind of getting pretty vulnerable. It's like my North Star is basically creating stories yeah. that, um, resonate with people so that they feel less lonely in the world because I've experienced so much like loneliness yeah. in my life if that makes sense yeah. that like I never ever want other people to feel like that deep sense mm -hmm. of loneliness yeah. um, so that's my little like north star of like yeah. everything that I do and that I've carried throughout like whether it was was circus to like video editing which we'll get get to later and then content creation yeah um so you got into the circus. Yeah. You went on tour. I didn't go on tour, but I had a month-long stint with Cirque du Soleil. So I was literally in the headquarters of Cirque du Soleil grinding out an act. So basically, I choreographed an act for um, a cruise ship. Basically, wow. yeah. Like, my moves are in that show. Like, it's so sick. Like <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. And so I, I was able to do that. And then because of that, that's that later launched like more sort of performance opportunities in Montreal. Yeah. And, and the biggest show that I did, it's, it, there's this venue called the Tohu. Mm -hmm. It's basically where all of like the greats start out at. Like if you, like every Cirque du Soleil, not every Cirque du Soleil performer, but a lot of Cirque du Soleil performers, a lot of like international performers as well, who are like creme de la creme has yeah. performed at like Tohu. Wow. Um, and 
So um, there was this opportunity. They needed five artists, and and I sent in like an act that was really really special to me, and I I was able to perform that act in that venue. But what that act is about actually is you were talking about auditioning, mm-hmm. right? And in the circus world. So the circus is sort of this really interesting area where it's kind of where all the misfits go, right? Like everyone's like, I want to run away with the circus yeah. if like all my shit doesn't turn out. You know, like if yeah. like if my dreams don't turn out, I'm running away with the circus. Yeah. Like newsflash, like running away with the, cir- with the circus is like fucking hard. Like, <laughs> I don't recommend it for anybody, to be honest. Like really, really fucking hard unless you really love it. <laughs> but anyways, um, it's sort of this place where misfits go, right? Yeah. And so it's circus is kind of seen as like this utopia where like everyone is accepted, but that's like simply not the case. Like yeah. circus is just like a microcosm of society and society's sort of discrimination and views will yeah. will will simmer into the circus You're so world. unique. Let me watch you. You're so weird. Let me watch you. You're so this. Let me watch you. You're the creme de la creme. Let me watch you. Let yeah. me see you. Let me pay money to see the performance and then go back into my life. Yeah. We need a whole other podcast on all of that. Yeah. And like just in in the circus world, um, it's seen as like this this utopia where like, oh, everyone is accepted. Everyone is like put on stage. And that's simply not the case. Like yeah. if you look at these like big companies, you see the same sort of body types on stage. You see the same like skin tone color yeah. on stage. You 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 just see the same the same yeah. on stage every single time. And throughout my like eight years of doing circus, it was like I was looking for somebody that eight mo- years people. <laughs> <laughs> it's I was especially in my younger years. I was looking for somebody that looked like me. Yeah. To be on stage, and I never saw that person, and that was my driving force of like why I work so hard. It, I I legitimately just wanted to get on stage so that like other brown people or Filipino girls who have like an atypical body type, like I'm sure I'm like more like curvy like a coke bottle like and, and an aerialist um most aerialists are kind of no offense to white girls but like skinny Super white girls skinny. long-legged yeah. girls like don't need carbs i'm just don't i mean actually though like no those, those were my yeah. friends um and that's a whole nother story about like the eating of like like just auditioning is brutal yeah like that's a whole different yeah. different category but but I, I feel like when you're watching a show, whether it's like a TV show, a movie, a circus show, whoever's on stage should reflect the audience yeah. that is watching it because otherwise your audience won't resonate with you. And that was so many, so much of my experience watching these circus shows. And so that was my goal. It's like I want to get on stage so that other people who look like me know that they can, can do me. it too. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, I love that. And you know, I think the interesting thing about that, which I try to explore, especially with this form of art, right? Everybody hates LA, you know, because LA is like the center of entertainment, right? This, yeah. Like in LA is like where you do the movies, the shows, not all of them, but a lot of them, right? Yeah. Does LA create the standard that then gets put out into the world that people then follow? Or is LA influenced by the world that come to LA that then represent the people? And I don't know the right answer to that, right? But it sounds like the circus is very similar where yeah. you go to the circus because you're like, oh, great, this is amazing. I want to see and get a performance in front of me and I want to see myself and see what I'm, I'm I'm doing, whether it's hope or the stories or other things. But then vice versa, it's just the same of the same. Yeah. You know, so I think we have a lot more to explore. I'm shooketh, <laughs> shooketh. I think you're just 
the best. I think you're courageous and brave and vulnerable. And I'm so grateful that you were able to share all of this with me and with everybody who's on listening and watching. And I think you'll definitely be back. (laughs) And we have so much more to unpack and so much more to talk about. But I just, I want you to know that you're an inspiration. You're like, and even from the first day that we've met, like you are such a beacon of light. And I think that like when you walk into a room, people just naturally gravitate towards you because you make everybody like feel so comfortable. And like you have just this like warm aura that just allows everybody to kind of be vulnerable and be happy and be cheerful. And that doesn't mean that every day is easy or that every conversation or feeling is easy, right? But it's just, I want you to know that it matters. I hope that this conversation and like these stories just inspire other people. I know it it did for me where I'm like, fuck, maybe I need to like not take the shortcut and like actually try to do a fucking pull up. But like, you know, it's just, it's never too late to start over and it's never too late to believe in yourself. And it's never too late to say, you know what? Like right now at this moment at 1048 AM or whatever, I get to make a decision that will influence the rest of my life. Yeah, And I am not defined by everything that happened before this time i'm yeah. not defined by how people treat me i'm not defined when i how i treated other people i mean sometimes you have to be a good person but all the stuff that's behind us yeah. is behind us and let that influence and help with your decision and choices and consciousness and words in the future absolutely and it's like i'm not defined by the standards that society puts on me or how i think how i think other people yeah. view me yeah and for me that was Oof. the biggest learning lesson is you know what, like people have these like views of, of me, of like other people and it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. What matters is like following your gut intuition, following your heart and just being a good person, being empathetic to others, like actually caring about other people's feelings and, and listening and like actively listening to other people. Yeah. Like, I think that just, that, that's what matters, you know? Do you have any last words? Um, just thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Like, I appreciate you so much. Like, you're such a light in my life. And and also, can I just say, like, can we just give a round of applause for this, like... Dr. Self-Tape. We love you. <laughs> we love you. Shout out to Dr. Self-Tape for the setup, the vibes, everything. Yeah. Oh, and and, and sometime in, like, January, I'm, I'm going to go pop off on, like, TikTok and, and everything. So I'm, like, relaunching, like, my TikTok and stuff. So at Noelle.acoba on TikTok, Instagram. I have a YouTube channel too. Check out Noelle Acoba. Hey. Hell yeah. <laughs> and if you want more of this, follow Everybody Hates LA or Everybody Hates LA blog. Waiting on getting it trademarked. <laughs> um, can't wait to talk soon. Thank you all so much for listening and for watching. Thank you so much for your time. I'm so grateful. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.